0: Welcome to a Pain in the Glass podcast. This is your host, Bill Shearhart, National Coach of Curling Canada, and I'm coming to you today from Geneva, Switzerland, the site of the 2022 World Mixed Doubles and Senior Championships. The topic today is timeouts, when to call one, and indeed if one should be called, and For whatever reason, a coach is called upon to chat with the team during an end. What does one say during a timeout? Well, what I'm about to say about that topic is not meant to be the definitive word on this topic. It's only my take. Timeouts in the sport of curling are curious animals. From a coaching perspective, we usually only get one or two of them, not counting the mid-game break and calling a timeout is something a player must initiate, not the coach, although, according to the rules on the date of this episode, the coach may signify to his or her athletes that the coach wishes to stop the game for a brief chat. These rather sporadic opportunities to speak with one's athletes puts curling into something of a rather unique position when compared to other team sports. If you think of a basketball coach, for example, besides the seemingly endless number of timeouts available, most used in the last minute or two of regulation time, he or she can substitute players in order to take one aside for some one on one counseling, then quickly send the player back into the fray. Well, not so in curling. In a curling facility setting, where the coach is sitting behind a pane in the glass, no low-hanging fruit to be picked to advertise a certain coaching manual. That transparent barrier does more than keep the coach warm. It tends to isolate the coach from the rhythm of the game, that ebb and flow of momentum and emotions that inevitably take place in any athletic contest. To be blunt, a well-intentioned timeout with very valuable advice ready to be delivered can end up being counterproductive, Significantly disturbing the rhythm referred to before, which brings me to my first suggestion rehearse timeouts to reduce and hopefully completely avoid the distraction factor. When your team plays in regular league play or in prearranged exhibition games, ask the opposing team if it's okay if you call your two timeouts and keep them brief to help the team deal with your presence on the ice. In most cases, especially if you have a young team playing in an adult league, the opposing team will be more than happy to help by allowing you your timeouts. My next suggestion is to decide who is going to call the timeout. Will they only be called by the members of the team, or is it okay if you, as coach, call them as well? Clearly, a young team will benefit from the input an experienced certified coach can provide. Perhaps not so much with an older, more experienced team. That type of team may respectively ask you not to call timeouts. Mutually decide the nature of your input during the timeout. I learned this some time ago in my position as national development coach, When I was asked by a women's team in my program who owned the right to play in an event to complete the first curling trials field when curling finally became a full Olympic medal sport, to be the coach at that event, during the discussion about my involvement during a timeout, I suggested that I would guide them through an examination of all the possible thoughts which might be played and the reasons for each. To that, the team replied, quote, Bill, if we call a timeout, we want you to come out, suggest a shot, and leave. We've already done what you're suggesting, unquote. That sounds rather callous, but it wasn't meant to be so, and it wasn't taken by me in that fashion. Quite the contrary. That's exactly what I needed to know. Then there's the whole time duration thing. It's 90 seconds from the time the timeout is called for the coach to get to the ice surface and join the team and discuss whatever needs discussing. There have been timeouts where all I did was listen. I said nothing. There was no sense my input muddying the waters. So just because the team calls a timeout, even if they call you out, you may, by listening to the discourse, realize that there's nothing more that you can add. So don't be afraid to just be a good calming influence out there and be a good listener. Venue plays a significant role. I've been positioned in the most unusual of places relative to the access point to the ice surface. The path to the playing area can be convoluted, to say the least. I'm talking about this from... As I said, the World Mixed Doubles and Senior Championships. And I'm right by the ice surface. And the rules right now are that between the ends, I can talk to the team. If I want to talk during an end, then of course I will call the time out. By the way, a note about courtesy before I continue. In our sport, as with most... If a team calls a timeout, both teams may meet with their coach. If you are the coach of the team that did not call the timeout, it's courteous to not access the playing area before the coach who did call the timeout. And if that timeout is at the away end of the ice, you should not begin speaking with your team until the coach of the team that called the timeout had an opportunity to reach his or her team. If you are a coach of a junior team, you are most likely aware of a special timeout known as a fair play timeout. This affords the coach an opportunity to call a temporary halt to the game so a player can recompose him or herself. That's a polite way of saying it It gives the coach the opportunity to settle a player down. No discussion regarding strategy and or tactics or anything technical. I don't know who or which sport-governing body came up with that idea, but it has proven to be a very good one. This timeout was the idea of one of my coaching role models some time ago, Keith Riley. If I may speak from personal experience, during timeouts, including the mid-game break, I prefer to hear the athletes speak as opposed to me launching into some diatribe which may or may not be appropriate. My best timeout advice has come from something I've picked up from what an athlete has said. If the team knows that you are waiting for them to speak, that's what will occur, and don't forget about those 90 seconds. As a TV viewer, this may be just my sensitivity as a coach when I see a team call a timeout only to totally ignore the mere presence of the coach. Therefore, I tell my teams, that if they call a timeout and just want to talk among themselves, that's more than okay with me. I suggest that when the timeout comes from the ice, if they want me involved, just give me a wave and I'll come. If not, then put your hand up and I will sit tight and you can have a chance to talk with your teammates. I said I'd refer to that rule in the Scotties and the Briar, for example, that affords me the opportunity to speak with my team between ends, such as I'm doing with the championships here in uh, Geneva. There are those who would argue that calling the right shot and playing it the right way, in terms of strategy and tactics, is an integral part of the game. Not much argument there, I suspect. And therefore, now here's where views begin to differ – It's a skill that should be developed by the team, and a coach should not become a participant in those critical decision-making junctures. Hmm, good point, I guess, but what about precedent? Timeouts in other sports allow the coach to become involved in decisions that regularly affect the performance of the team, and therefore the outcome of the contest. The extreme example is North American football especially at the more elite levels where just about everything that happens on the field is choreographed by some member of the coaching staff. While I've always held to the belief that just because sport X does or does not do something, that does not mean that curling should or should not. That said, I have to be honest when I say that I work very hard to empower my athletes calling the right shot and playing it the right way. When an opposing coach calls a timeout when he or she senses that his or her team is about to make a strategic or tactical error and calls a timeout to prevent that mistake, I must admit I get a little frustrated. But as you will have heard in one of the other episodes, there is a movement afoot in Canada and I'm fully behind it, and we simply call it on-ice coaching. But I won't say too much about that. You want to hear the episode with Dean Kleiter, and you will learn how important this is to the development of our young athletes. Now, to continue my thoughts, though, here's my take on this matter. I feel it's appropriate for me to meet with my team to ensure that the end plan for the upcoming end is sound. I don't feel I should be able to influence my team's performance during the playing of that end. Just my take. Oh, and by the way, not every timeout is about strategy and tactics. Sometimes it is to remind the players of something technical or something about team dynamics. There is one more timeout, and it's an official timeout. And if you feel you need to draw something, anything, to the attention of an official, You cross your forearms in such a manner to be clearly seen. Clocks will stop, and an official will come to hear about your concern.
1: I know some of you are listening to this thinking, has this man finally completely lost his mind? He just produced an episode called Open Coaching, which, of course, is all about a number of opportunities throughout the course of the game, for a coach to interact with his players or her players. And now he produces an episode about timeouts in the traditional sense. Well, the truth is, this episode was published while I was in Geneva, as I mentioned at the start, before the decision was made to publish the episode on open coaching. So I hope there's no confusion here. I'm a big fan of open coaching, as you heard. But, as I said, for most of us, for the foreseeable future, it's going to be timeouts in the traditional sense. Well, it's the middle of the month of May, and in southern Ontario, it's been virtually summer like. And the great news is that my sailboat, which is at Harbor Lights Marina, 20 minutes up the road in the village of Bayfield in the water all set to go for the sailing season and the name of my sailboat you can't make this stuff up folks the name of my sailboat is timeout stay safe and of course keep those good curling thoughts so until next time enjoy your day